Welcome to the New Song Church Sermon Podcast. Here at New Song, we want to help people get to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions about us or want to learn more, you can check us out online at www.new-song-church.com. We'd love for you to stay connected with us throughout the week through our church app. It's free and available wherever you download apps. Just search keyword New Song. And now, check out our message of the week. Are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? Good. Get out your sermon notes and uh, your Bibles. We've got a lot of verses to look at. And of course, on the way in today, as you're, you're getting those ready, uh, we handed out updated uh, small group directories. Uh, so there, and there are a few changes in there. So make sure you get the updated directory uh, before you leave today. If you didn't already, get it at guest services or just ask an usher for it on your way out. And then call that small group leader and uh, tell them that you're in, and they'll give you all the details uh, about it. Also, in, in a matter of just uh, what, I don't even know what time it is, 9.36. So in about an hour and 10 minutes, um, Next Steps starts. And if you've never been through Next Steps, it, it's really the place where your journey needs to begin here at New Song. If you love New Song and, and you can't wait to connect here and just get involved and get to know us and get to know more about us, then Next Steps is the starting place for you. And it starts in an hour and 10 minutes in the Next Steps room located right outside of those sanctuary doors just on the other side of the hallway and uh, it's absolutely free of charge. We'll give you a booklet. We'll have some water there waiting for you. All the kids can stay uh, back in the back. It's just going to be a great day. Uh, so make sure you join us next steps uh, right after the service is over with, okay? Um, we are finalizing the series, concluding this series called Rethinking Church this morning. Next week, we're going to uh, go into a brand new series. It's uh, a series on wisdom. And... Um, uh, I, I will say this, that the, the choices that you make determine the life that you lead, and you already know that. Your choices have brought you to this moment in your life, and, and your future choices will take you down different roads, and you need to be wise with that. And one of the things that, that my wife and I continually talk about here as pastors of New Song, and, and really as knowing our community, we love this community so very, very deeply, and the thing that we see over and over and over again it's just people that, that, I mean, literally throughout the community that just make bad decisions, things that make sense in their minds, but not only they're unbiblical, but they're not going to lead down a very good path. There's, there's trouble ahead, and sometimes we want to, you know, kind of go in front of them and say, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, that's, that's trouble ahead, and, and let's adhere to the Word of God, let's make wise choices, but in their minds, sometimes it's like, well, that's the only thing that makes sense. Even though it doesn't make sense to God, it doesn't make sense according to his word, somehow they, they have just been duped to believe a lie. They've been hoodwinked. And, and we're going to teach you how to make great decisions. This is going to be a three-week series. And this is something that my wife and I have, have really been talking about and planning for, for quite some time. And uh, we just know that it's a need here at New Song, and not only in New Song, but really uh, for every person here in Plymouth uh, we all need more wisdom. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are, how, how many times you've read the Bible, or if you haven't read the Bible at all, I'm telling you, every single person needs more wisdom, right? So, so, come on, everybody, say this. Every now and then, say that. I can be stupid. Okay, you don't want to be stupid, do you? But, but sometimes we are, and, and my job is to help you not be stupid, is to help you live life wisely. So don't miss that series as we kick it off. Uh, next Sunday morning. So today, Rethinking Church. Church 
should, should always be a delight. It should never be a, a duty. Let, let me say it this way. Church should always be a get-to and not a got-to. It should always be a get-to and not a got-to. And, and sometimes we need to rethink church. If, if you're thinking about church, you're like, well, I got to go to church. Listen, that's, that's the wrong way of thinking about church. It should be, I get to go to church. And, and I'm going to talk to you today about really one of the most important things about gathering together in the name of Jesus, and that's having an encounter with God, having an encounter with God. So two weeks ago, we talked about the compassion that the church needs. Last week, we talked about uh, really having a voice in this generation, and that was just about sharing your voice with others, sharing what you've been through with others, and bringing people to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then today, we're going to talk about having encounters with God, encounters with God. And I'm going to start out at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 16. It says, but whenever anyone, that's good news, everybody, that's, uh, that's the gospel right there. That's good news. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, that you, you mean me, pastor? Yep, yep, that means you. Are, you. are you an anyone? Are you a whosoever? The answer is yes, you are an anyone. So when anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, if you are not a studier of the word of God, that might, that might be a little bit confusing to you. And let me put it to you like this. This is both throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. A veil is something that separates us from God. It's symbolic of something that separates us from God. Now, now um, in, in the Old Testament, it was a literal veil. It was a literal, literal veil. In, in fact, until the time of Jesus, we know that when Jesus was on the, the cross, that that literal veil was rent in two, and it allowed people in, in, in to, to, to have access to our Heavenly Father, okay? But it's always also symbolic that a veil is symbolic of anything that would separate us from God, that would get in the way of our relationship with God. And he says, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away, meaning for anybody who just faces God, there's nothing that can stop you from getting to him. That's good news, everybody. That's great news. There's nothing in your way. You're like, well, the devil puts things in way. Yeah, 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 but you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. That, that the Bible says whoever seeks the Lord, if you seek the Lord diligently, he is a rewarder of them who seek him diligently. Meaning, meaning there, there is a veil that might have been there. When you turn to the Lord, that veil is gone, and if you seek him, the Bible says you will find him. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop you. That's great news. Verse 17, now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. So where does it come from? It comes from the Lord. How many know we need an encounter with God? We need encounters with God. I'm going to read this out of the message. I don't often do this, but I just love the way that this reads. 2 Corinthians 3.16, starting in the message. Whenever, though, they turn to, to face God as Moses did, God removes the veil, and there they are face to face. They suddenly recognize that God is a living, personal presence and not a piece of chiseled stone. So he's not an idol, but he's alive. He's real. And when God is personally present, a living spirit 
that old constricting legislation is recognized as obsolete. We're free of it, all of us. Nothing between us and God. Our face is shining with the brightness of his face. And so we are transfigured much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him, having encounters with God. Let, let me teach you a few things before we get to the meteor part of this. Number one, write this down. We need encounters with God, not just studies about God. We need encounters with God and not just studies about God. And I'm going to challenge all of you who are, are getting ready to head into a small group this week. Obviously, they kick off this week. For all of the small group leaders that are here in this room, can I, can I just remind you, that all of us are, are in need of an encounter with God and not just a study about God. Like, like we can study God. Theology is wonderful, and, and it's, God is meant to be studied, and he's meant to be, uh, uh, um, how do I say, uh, sought and pursued, and we're, we're meant to learn from him and of him, no doubt about that. I mean, everybody, we need good doctrine in our lives. We need to believe what's right about God, okay? It was, but if we're always studying about God and never encounter, having an encounter with God, something is wrong. Something is wrong. And could it be that when we gather starting this week that we not only study about God, we not only talk about God, but we, we have a moment as we gather as a small group that we get to encounter God, that, that we get to have this time in which we allow the Spirit of God to do something in our lives or in that room that hasn't been done before, hasn't been done in us. Or maybe it's been a long time since we've had an outpouring of the Spirit in our life. We need that in our lives. In fact, everybody, we need that here in this church. As much as I, I love teaching about God, it's my prayer that every single one of us would have an encounter with God and, and not just talk about him. Because God can do in you in one second through an encounter with him what, what reading would never accomplish, what studying would never accomplish. When you encounter the presence of God, he can do in you in one second what a lifetime of reading could never do. We need to encounter God. We need to encounter God. First Corinthians, this is Paul writing to the church at Corinth, chapter two. He says, I came to, to you, this church, I came to this church in weakness with great fear and trembling, and my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom but on God's power. There, there should be some times in your life that you look back and people say, well, what happened? What? I don't know, just God showed up. Like, well, explain it to us. I, don't, I can't explain it. It's just, it's just God. It's just God. I can't explain it. It's just God. Like, there, there was a one time... In fact, I could give you so many times, uh, so many times in my life that I've had God encounters, that there were things that I could not explain, things that I could not explain. But I walked away and said, wow, I have no words, but thank you, God. I have no words. I can't explain that, but thank you, God. How many, how many have some encounters like that in your own life? I can't explain it, but thank you, God. I can... 
I, I'll tell you, I'll just give you a couple of them. Um, one time I was, uh, I was in um, this group that traveled the nation, and we were doing this uh, youth camp, and, and we had this altar call time, and, and, and instead of going up on the platform and, and playing with the band like I normally did, I just decided to be in the crowd and just worship Jesus all by myself. And so I was just out. I was like kind of in this area. Um, and I was just worshiping Jesus. I was just worshiping Jesus. And, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just came upon me. And I don't know how. And, and even as it's happening, I'm like, oh, what's this? You know, I'm kind, of, kind of like, oh, I'm not used to this. But I knew that I loved it. I knew that it, I knew that it was wonderful. I knew that it was from God. And I had multiple people after that. It's like, Justin, you're just different. I, I had an encounter. Well, what happened? I don't know. I don't know. I was just praising God, and whew, something just happened. I don't know. So I'm talking about an encounter with God. You say, when are those things going to happen? I don't know. I'm not God. Why did it happen that night? I don't know. I don't know. But it happened. I, I remember one time, and see, sometimes it's like that. Sometimes it's physical. Sometimes there are things that have happened in my life that I, I just said, I, I can't explain that. I just can't explain that. So, so one time, I, I was working at this pizza place um, in Pryor, Oklahoma, called Simple Simon's Pizza, and I was uh, uh, probably a shift leader at this time before I became an assistant manager there. This is when I was a senior in high school before I went to college. And obviously, we closed at, down at 10 o'clock at night, and then, it was, of course, it was clean up, you know, cleaning the entire restaurant, and then we got to go home. And usually, I was home somewhere around 11 o'clock at night, give or take. And, and I was driving home in, in my 79 Camaro. That was really fast. And I was taking advantage of that speed. Um, how many know what I'm talking about? How many have ever been stupid? How many, how many need some wisdom in this? Okay, so me too, me too. So I was taking advantage of, of that 350 engine in my, uh, in my Camaro, and I was, I was going down the, this, um, this backcountry road to go home because we lived about nine miles out in the country. And, and all of a sudden, I hit the brakes because there's a huge pile of dirt in the middle of the road, huge pile of dirt. And, and I, I slammed on the brakes, th so thankful I didn't get in an accident, drove around it, and went home, and the next day I, I told my family about that. Boy, I'm telling you, this dirt was just out in the middle of the road, just out in the middle of the road. Like, there's no dirt there. You don't know there is. I almost hit it last night. And, of course, drove back there with a family member, and guess what? That wasn't, it wasn't there the next morning. I mean, the next morning it was gone. You say, well, what happened? I don't know, but I certainly am grateful for God's protection. Because Justin was being stupid, and in my stupidity, God protected me. You know what I'm saying? Like, in my stupidity, God, can I tell you that God is faithful, the Bible says, when we are faithless. Like, what, like what, he loves us. He loves us in our sin. He loves us in, in our depravity. He loves us in our stupidity. He loves us when we just make that one dis dumb decision. He still loves us. And he, he watched, how many of you guys know you've been supernaturally protected by God when you didn't deserve to be? Raise your hand really high. Okay, I'm not the only one, right? And I know you have your own stories, but can I tell you something? That goes beyond studying about God and reading about God. That, that goes into the, the realm of encountering God. Like you've had a God encounter, and you can, you can say, listen, I can't answer every question, but one thing I can say is 
I know God is real. And I know he protected me at that point. We need a demonstration of God's power in our life. Number two, we need an encounter and not just an explanation. We need an encounter and not just an explanation. And that's what we're talking about because a lot of people want explanations. But can I tell you something? There's a lot of things that I just cannot explain. But, but if I could explain every one of them, then wouldn't I be putting myself on the same level as God? Well, I'm not God, and you're not God. And therefore, since his thoughts are higher than ours and his ways are, are, are higher than ours, then we can't explain everything about God. It's impossible. Why? Because he's God and we're not. So there are some things that I just can't explain. There, there are some questions that people ask and I have to be honest with them and say, I just don't know. I have my opinion. I have some thoughts about it, but I just don't know. But I still need an encounter with him. In fact, there's, some, there's this one event that happened in the book of John chapter 9. And it was pretty incredible. This, this man was born blind and Jesus came across him on the Sabbath and, and Jesus does something unique. He does something unique. In, in, in fact, you, you know, Jesus, there are lots of times he just, you know, uh, just would heal somebody just right there. Hey, you're healed, you know. There, there were some times where he didn't even say anything, like the woman with the issue of blood. She just reached out to him, and, and, and power left him, and she was healed, and he didn't do anything, right? But there's this other time in John chapter 9 where he sees this blind man that was, that was blind from birth, and he... he, he actually spits in the dust. He spits on the ground and he forms a little bit of mud and he puts it on the man's eyes and he tells the man, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And, and the blind man does that. He, he has this mud, this spit mud from Jesus in his eyes and he goes and washes and he comes back and sees. And the whole town is in uproar and the Pharisees are in uproar and they call him in and how did this happen? How did this happen to you? And I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just had this encounter with this man named Jesus. Well, well then they send for his parents. Well, go get his parents. And his, the, the parents are scared. They're thinking, wow, we got to stand before the, the Pharisees and they can really hurt us. They can really harm us. How, how many know that... Um, uh, leaders in the church are not supposed to be scary, but they were back in those days, weren't they? But, but let it never be said, don't, don't, let me tell you this, don't ever be nervous about coming and seeing any of us as pastors. We're just like you. We, we have issues just like you. We're, we're nobody special. We just, we're just living out our calling like we want you to live out, our, uh, live out your calling too. Can I just tell you, relax around us. I know sometimes people come from different backgrounds, Lutherans, Catholics, where it was like, ooh, the priest, you're the, hey, can I just tell you something? It's just me. It's just me. I, I'm a nobody, but I'm somebody. You know what I mean? I'm nobody, but I'm somebody in Christ. But, but I'm not going to lord it over you. In fact, the New Testament talks about pastors wanting to do that, lording it over their, their people. That, that, I, I promise you this, that's not any of us as staff members here at New Song. We just don't live life like, like that. We, we come along beside of you. We don't lord it over you. I'm, I'm just saying. So, so rest easy when you're around us. Just be yourself and we'll be ourself, okay? That, that's, um, that's what I love about New Song. We can just be us. It's just what I love about this place. And so these people coming before the, the, the Pharisees and they're scared because they don't want to answer incorrectly and then be punished. And 
And the Pharisees say, hey, is this your, is this your son? Can you verify that this is your son? And they say, yeah, that's, that's our son. And they say, well, what happened? What, tell us about this encounter. Tell us about this healing. What, what happened? What do you say? And they're like, uh, don't ask us. He's of age. Ask him. He's of age. Like, we don't want to answer. We don't want to get in trouble. You, you see him. That's not, we had nothing to do with that, all right? So just let us out of this. And they, they kind of back out. And this is where we pick up in John chapter 9, verse 24. It says, a second time they summoned the man. So they summoned him once, then they summoned his parents. Now they brought him back. They summoned this man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know that this man, Jesus, is what they're talking about. Jesus is who they're talking about. We know that Jesus is a sinner. And the blind man replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. But one thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Well, we'll explain this to us. I, I can't explain it to you. The only thing that I know is that one night there was a pile of dirt there, and the next morning it was gone. But what, there, there was one time where I walked into a worship service, and I was just Justin, but at the end of that worship service, I was Justin who had been transformed by an outpouring of the Spirit of God. There, there was one time on a Wednesday night where my ear was plugged up in, in the middle of service. My ear was plugged up, and I went for prayer, and somebody prayed, and nothing happened except for five minutes later, I'm sitting in youth group, and my ear popped open, and I've never had trouble hearing since. Never. I, I can't explain that. Well, why didn't it happen at the time? Why did it take five minutes? I don't know. It was just a God encounter. God isn't always going to make sense to you. You can't always explain God, but he is God, and he is powerful, and he loves working on behalf of his, of his children. I promise you that. So we need an encounter, not just an explanation. Number three, we need his presence and not just practice. We need his presence and not just practice. And I want to tell you this. There's something about it, the presence of God that is life-changing. It's just life-changing, the presence of God. One of the things that I want to talk to you about this morning, one of the things that, that, that Jennifer and I see that is a need in this community. We said in this community there's a, there's a need for wisdom. There's just a need for wisdom. And can I tell you, as we start the series, invite as many people as you can to church especially those who are just known for making bad decisions. Bring them here and, and, and let us teach them about wisdom. There's another, there's another thing that we encounter in this community a lot. That's people who are discouraged, who are depressed. People who just have, they're just hopeless. They're just hopeless. And yet, listen to Acts 2.28, concerning the presence of God. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Like, Father, when I come into your presence, discouragement and depression, they leave, and I'm found joyful when I'm with you. I smile, God, when I'm with you. I'm happy, Father, on the inside. When I'm with you, when I'm experiencing your presence. Can I tell you, everybody, when we gather on a Sunday morning, it should be one of the most joyful experiences of your week. 
Because when we gather in the name of Jesus Christ, his presence fills this place, and there is joy in his presence. And this should be one of the happiest, most joyful places in all of Plymouth, Indiana, and all of North Central Indiana on a Sunday morning should be right here as we experience the presence of God. And if you just say, boy, I really struggle with depression, I just struggle with discouragement, can I tell you, first of all, obviously I'm, I'm going to say, hey, the, the put yourself in the presence of God as often as possible. And that doesn't mean just church on Sunday mornings. That means any day of the week. L listen, any day of the week, you need to find yourself in the presence of God. Put yourself in the presence of God. The, the New Testament says that it's good for us when we pray, when we seek the Lord, that we go to a secret place, that, that we lock ourselves in just with the Lord. And I'm telling you, it, you know, oftentimes I, I speak with people about depression, and I'll say, listen, have you prayed about it? Well, of course I've prayed about it, Pastor. Well, have, have, have you really sought the Lord about it, though? Do you go to the Lord every single day of your week and lock yourself into a prayer closet and just say, Father, it's me and you, and I'm not going to leave this place until I experience your joy and your life? Have you done that? And every single one of them will say, no, I haven't done that. Well, if joy is in the presence of the Lord, can I tell you, put yourself in his presence all the time, every day. Never miss a day. Never, never miss an opportunity to place yourself in the presence of the Lord. And, and let me tell you this too. The presence of the Lord also goes with us. And this is one of the things that I can't explain. Can I be honest with you? Like there, there are times in, in the secret place, God does these amazing things in the secret place when, when we just seek him and nobody's watching. But his presence is always going with us. So sometimes I ask myself questions like this. Well, why, why, do I, why do I experience these things in the secret place? But if your presence is going with me, how come I don't experience those things just out there normal? Why do I have to go to the secret place if your presence is always with me? And, and the only thing I know to tell you is what the Bible says. The Bible says he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Who, who don't walk around just taking it for granted that, oh, of course God's with me, of course God's with me, but never seeking him. I, I don't know how to explain this to you except to say every one of us need to be pursuers of God. We need to seek God with all that we have. We need to put ourselves in his presence as often as possible. And when we do that, you say, what's going to happen? I don't know, but it's going to be good. I don't know, but you're going to love it. I, I don't know, but you're going to walk out of that room and say, "Woo! surely the presence of the Lord was in, that, was in that place. Surely the presence of the Lord was with me because he did the miraculous for you. He encouraged you. He, 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 he rejuvenated you and refreshed you in his presence. We need his presence and not just practice. So we have to prepare for encounters with God. And I want to read this out of Matthew chapter 13 because we're talking about prep preparing ourselves for encounters with God. Matthew 13, 14, in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused, they hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, 
they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. God is saying, God is saying hey, hey, new song, new song, new song. Listen when I speak. Watch me move. Look for me. Look for me. Understand my ways. Grow in knowledge and mature in the faith. And he said, listen, if you open up your ears and open up your eyes and allow your understanding to be open to the truth that's found in Christ Jesus, he said, then at that point, I know you would turn and I would heal you. But could it be, listen to song, could it be that some of us are not having encounters with God because we have calloused hearts? Because we take God for granted? Because we're consumed with the things of this world? Because we're always thinking worldly thoughts and never thinking godly thoughts? Because we have in our eyes what success is and God really isn't part of that equation? Could, could it be that we have hearts that are calloused, even partially calloused? Is there something in your heart that's just calloused towards the things of God? Can I, can I tell you, there have been seasons in my life in which I've had calloused hearts, I, just seasons. And then there have been other seasons where I've just laid my life before the Lord and said, God, I just need you. Like, I just need you, God. And I pour myself out in front of them. And it's in those moments where my heart is softened in the presence of the Lord and I pour myself out before him that he comes in and does the miraculous. Could it be that you may have a calloused heart or maybe even partially a calloused heart? Hosea 10.12 says, Sow righteousness for yourselves. Reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. Could it be that you have a calloused heart or you have a heart that has, been, that has not been plowed, has not been softened to receive the word of the Lord? In fact, you can read about that in the New Testament, how Jesus is scattering seed but there's a lot of hearts that are hardened. There's a lot of hearts that the seed just doesn't go in. It just dries up. There's other hearts that have, have been, that, that have been um, I should say, seeds that's been choked out by the things of the world. They've allowed so much of the world in that the seed never takes root and grows. There are some people who receive the word of the Lord, and, and they, they, uh, they're so happy about it, but by the time they hit the parking lot, the devil has already stolen it from them, and it never grows. It never produces anything. And he says, no, 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 no. Hosea would say, no, no, let your hearts be plowed. Let, let your hearts be ready to receive what the Lord has for you. Let your hearts be ready for that. So, so you say, okay, I, I, want, a, I want a heart that, that, that's plowed up, ready for the Lord. I want a soft heart to receive what the Lord has for me. How do I do it? How do I do that? I want that. Here are three things you got to do. First of all, you got to be desperate. You got to be desperate. You got to be desperate. It's God's way. It's God's way. You got to be desperate. Let, let me give you a, 
One of the things that, that meant the most to me at, at some points of my life, where I was really questioning the assurance of my salvation, and, and this verse just came alive to me. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And I was able to go to God and say, God, listen, I truly hunger and thirst for righteousness, and your word promises that if I go to that level of desperation, that I'm craving it, desiring it, longing for it, and calling upon you for it, that I would be filled. Father, thank you that your word is true, and that righteousness is mine in Christ Jesus, my Lord and my Savior. See, it's a desperation. It's a desperation. Are you truly desperate for the Lord? Are you desperate to have an encounter with the Lord? Could, could it be that the entire church in America has lost its desperation for the Lord? We think we can survive on our own. We think, hey, listen, I have what it takes. I, I've got a good job. I've got a good house. I've got a good car. I've got a good, a good, a good spouse. I've got good kids. I'm doing fine. Could it be that you rely on you so much, that you rely on you so much, that you've lost your desperation for the Lord. Let it never be said of me that I am not desperate for the Lord because I know where my help comes from. It comes from him. Justin can't save Justin. Only God can save me. Only God can heal me and deliver me. Only God can set me free. And I'm desperate for are you desperate for the Lord? Have you lost that desperation? Go after him. Do song, go after him. Pursue him. The second thing, B, how to break up this unplowed ground. You need to be desperate. You need to be humble. Humility, which is God's will. Humility. Humility, it's like when Jesus is in the garden and he's going through something he doesn't want to go through in the garden of Gethsemane and he, he's begging God to take it away from him and yet in all humility he says, God, not my will, but yours be done. My will, but yours be done. I, I believe, I believe that there are people who have not encountered the Lord as of late because they are running away from his calling. They refuse to su surrender to his will. And that is a calloused heart that needs to be softened. Don't refuse the will of God. Don't refuse the plan of God, the purpose of God upon your life. Humble yourself. Joyfully accept the fact that he has called you to make a difference for his kingdom and then live for his glory. We need to humble ourselves. Then let us see, we got to repent. Repentance, that's God's work. The Bible says that it is his kindness that leads us to repentance. And, and, and repentance has to do, can I tell you something? Repentance has to do with an encounter with God. I'm going to prove this to you. It, it Psalm, the, the psalmist says, create in us a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And don't cast me from your presence or take your spirit from me, God. Like there is a, there is a direct, a, 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 
a direct link between repentance and the presence of God. I don't know how to describe that. There is just a, a direct correlation between repentance and the presence of God. And for unrepentant hearts, let, let, let it never be said that us here at New Song, that we have unrepentant hearts. That'll keep us from enjoying the presence of God. That'll keep us from having encounters with God. And can I tell you something else, too? This is just a final note that the Lord has put upon my heart to tell you. And you go ahead and put away your sermon notes. We're, we're done with those. Just listen very, very closely. I, I came across this verse so, well, not too long ago, not too long ago. And it just spoke to me because of the power behind it. And I, I think a lot of people have it in their mind, well, if I, if I go to church, then God will do this. And if I go see the pastor, then God will do this. And if I ask so-and-so to pray, then God will do this. And if, you know, my, my aunt so-and-so, she knows how to go to God. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have her pray so that God will do this. And people contact us all the time on Facebook and, and uh, um, like Messenger and email and, and uh, just phone calls and texts and, oh, pastor, pray, oh, pastor, pray, oh, pastor, pray. Could you tell your prayer team to pray? And we're, we are so good for that. New song, we're, we're, we are good for that. We take that seriously. And when somebody says, could you pray? I, I pray right then. Just, yeah, of course, I'm going to pray right now. So don't stop. But at the same point, if you're, if you're running to a pastor because God listens to a pastor and you're not going to God yourself, or if you're going to Aunt Susie because you know God listens to Aunt Susie, but he's not going to listen to you. Can I tell you, can I tell you, never put your trust in men. In fact, Isaiah 2.22 says, stop trusting in mere humans who have but a breath in their nostrils. Like, and it's saying this, like, who are they? Who, who, who are they that you would trust in them? Who are they that you would put your faith in them? No, no, no. The obvious answer is we have to put our trust in God. We have to put our trust in God. We have to have encounters with God. And I long for that. I long for that. I want to encounter God. Not, not only every time that we meet, but every time that I go to the Lord in prayer, I want to have a God encounter. But I need to be desperate for him. I need to humble myself. And I need to live a life of repentance. And I promise you that God shows up when we desperately and in humility repent before him and call upon him and seek him with all that we have, I promise you, we will have God encounters. And could we do that as a group every time we gather? Of course we could. What, what's gonna happen? Unexplainable things. People will be healed. The, 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 the sick will be healed. Sinners will be delivered. Addicts will be delivered. Lost people will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll walk away and say, man, I don't have an answer to that, but surely the Lord has worked on our behalf. Surely the Lord worked on our behalf. Surely God is in that place when we desperately, in all humility, seek the Lord with everything we have. I wanted to encourage you with something. I, I know there, there, 
are, are some, how do I say this? Some people get hung up on, on uh, the word prophecy or the gift of prophecy or things like that. Can I just tell you something? Just get over it. Just get over it. Because prophecy is nothing more than speaking the heart of God. In its simplest form, it's just speaking the heart of God. And it's like if, if somebody ever came up to you and said, you know what, I've just been praying for you. God really put, put you in, on, on my heart. And Have you been discouraged lately? Can I just pray for you? And just say, well, of course God could do that. Well, look, can I just tell you, that's prophetic in nature. It's prophetic in nature. Don't get scared from this stuff. And, and my wife and I were in Nicaragua, and, and uh, the missionary said, hey, we're going to hang out with this pastor. And, and uh, by the way, this pastor seeks, seeks the Lord for hours and hours and hours a day. Now, you got to think about this, everybody. In Nicaragua, they don't have television to watch at night. They have prayer meetings every night. They, they, they don't sit around and enjoy a huge meal because they don't have much to eat. But they seek the Lord. They seek the Lord. And he said, hey, hey, just, just know that this pastor might want to talk to you at some point because he hears from God. And and sure enough, as we were hanging out with this pastor, this very unexpected not it wasn't timed it wasn't anything like he said oh come here i got i got to tell you something we were just we were just actually if you want to know the truth remember that well that that i told you about would cost a thousand dollars to to dig that well and we we were able to pay that like to, to dig that well for them when he was showing us that well in his backyard which is by the way just a, a, a little patch of dirt he he called us aside and he said i gotta pray for you man of God, by the way, just a man of God. Have you ever been around a man of God? I mean a man of God, a woman of God, somebody who you just knew, whoo, they touch God. Like this person spends time with, spends time with God. And he just turned to us. I got to pray for you. Okay, well, I'm ready. And he's just started sharing some things. And there's some things that personally he shared over with Jennifer and I that I'm not going to share with you today. They were so personal, but they were so right. It was just God using him to speak to us. And of course, he knows nothing about New Song. And he, he, he said this. He said, he said, the Lord has showed me something for your church. He said, I'm going to speak that to you. I said, okay. And I wrote down. It was so powerful. I wrote it down. And I kept it for this moment. He said, Pastor Justin, people are going to bring things to you. He said, but you have to have a vision ready and be prepared to accept what they bring to you. Now, that's meaningful to me. That's not as meaningful to you, but I know exactly what that means. They're just going to have to trust me on that. And he said, you're going to have to raise up leaders for the next level. He says, the church, new song will grow much bigger than we've ever imagined. And he, then he said, specifically, he said, and... You haven't seen this much yet, although we've seen it, but not as much as we want. He said physical healings are about to, to take place in which people will be amazed. But I tell you, the Holy Spirit just came over me, and I just knew that, that was a word from the Lord for us. And I wanted to share that with you. You should say, well, I don't know if I believe that. Well, I don't care. I don't care. Meaning this, let me ask you this, are all of those things in the will of God? Well, why would you not believe it? Why would you not? 
And then we had a, a prayer, you know, at the end of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. I, I missed the boat, but so did an elder in our church. We both missed the boat. Because if you were here that night of our 21 days of prayer, is it okay just to go a little bit longer today? Is this all right? Because I'm going to do it anyway. So at the end of our 21 days of prayer and fasting, we had a, a worship and prayer event right here in the sanctuary. And I felt about halfway through it, about halfway through it to the end, that, that, the, Lord had, that, that the Lord had something to say through an elder, through an elder. And, and yet I, I was waiting for the time and the time just never came and it just seemed like the Lord was directing other things. And I thought, well, God, is that me? Is that me? Is that not me? I don't understand what's happening. And, and at the very end of it, I still felt this impression so much so that I looked across the people who were mostly sitting in this area and I just said, right before we closed, I said, is everybody okay? And that was my way of saying, I believe that the Spirit of the Lord wants to say something, but I'm not for sure, and is everybody okay? And I was specifically looking at elders to, to see if they had anything to say and everybody said, no, we're fine. I said, okay, well, it's probably just me and have a great night and God bless you guys. How many remember that happening at the end of that prayer time, right? And, and, and one of the elders came up to me, and I won't tell you who, one of the elders came up to me and they said, hey, hey, hey I, I had something to share and I just didn't know the time of it. Oh, I knew it, I knew it, I knew it. And, and I said, yeah, that's what I'm sort of doing at the end, like, is everybody okay? And like, oh, I thought so, but I didn't, I didn't know. I said, well, listen, just tell me what you got. Like, tell me what you got. And, and as a word from the Lord, I'm gonna share it with New Song. And this is, this is the word of the Lord over New Song. And as soon as I heard it, I knew, I just knew it. And as soon as you hear it, I'm gonna pray that the Spirit of the Lord would, would show you, this is the will of God for us. And, and you know I'm not, you know I'm, I don't even have to say that. Never mind. This is the word that came from the Lord. God is going to make new song known. The Lord is giving us influence and he will expand and increase our boundaries and frontiers, specifically frontiers and boundaries. By the way, I've done, I've been doing a word study on both of those. <laughs> That's going to be good. Woo. He's going to expand and increase our boundaries and frontiers. And he's going to do it because of New Song's prayers and because of our obedience. And I wanted to share those with you. Can I, can I tell you something? The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And when we gather together in the, in, in the presence of the Lord, in the presence of each other, let's have some God encounters. Let's lay it all down and seek the Lord and worship the Lord unashamedly. Let's pour our lives out before him just to see what he would do. What if there was a people who gathered together in the name of the Lord and just poured themselves out just to see what the Lord would do? What would he do? I don't know. But it'd be awesome. It'd be incredible. It'd be miraculous. It would be life-changing, I promise you that. Oh, to have an encounter with God. Oh, Father, help us to encounter you every time that we gather. Oh, God, we want to encounter with you. We don't want to just study about you. We want to meet with you. We don't want to just learn of you. We want to experience you, God. 
God, let us never be a church that is satisfied with the practice of having church instead of being satisfied with your presence. Oh God, we want your presence. Help us to never have the mindset that we have to get together because church is what we do. No, Lord, give us the mindset that we get to gather in your name and experience your presence and your power that we would have encounters with the living God. Oh God, let it be. Let it be. Listen, Lord, Lord, prepare our hearts. Break up the hardened ground in our hearts. Help us to live in desperation and humility and, and repentance. Soften our calloused hearts. And awaken our souls. Revive our hearts. Fill us with your spirit. And let the miraculous occur in this place. For the glory of your name. Come on to song. Let's pray that together. For the glory of your name, Father. Break out in this place. Let us encounter you. Let us encounter you so that lives would be changed for all of eternity. Help us to never be satisfied with what we've experienced in the past. But give us a heart of desperation for more of you. You are a great God. We cannot survive without you. Nor do we want you. We want you. I long for you. Lord, we long for you in this dry and weary land. We long for you. So fill this place. Fill this place with more of you. Jesus' name. Amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a part in what God is doing in your life. And we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to www.new-song-church.com backslash next steps. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.